0: Welcome, everyone. Again, this is Pastor Ernie Jung here, at Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California. Thank you for joining me this day. Uh, we are on the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 4, 17 to 26. And today, it's all about the nombre, right? It's all about the enoma. It's all about the name, right? Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you. For your grace, that through all things you fulfill Genesis 3 and you have given to us through through your gracious and most merciful plan, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer King who has saved us from our sin, bless us, O Lord, this day in your name, knowing full well that we live under your name by your grace, and that you have saved us, rescued us, and um, and and granted us life in your name, Lord, Bless us in your word, and may this word be the lamp unto our feet. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, today. Uh, yeah, Genesis four seventeen to 26, and here we are speaking of, uh, well, Cain's side. The Lord, uh, as we know, gave him, the, gave him the consequence, gave him the judgment. Uh, that indeed he would be a fugitive, a wanderer, as he indeed wandered to the land of Nod. Uh, but yet the Lord continued to, uh, in this temporal life, uh, provided him uh, with a family, right? And here we go. We are going on uh, with the family line of <coughs> the family line of of Lamech, and. I know when we think of genealogies, uh, our first reaction is that they're quite mundane. Or, okay, it's just a list of family lines, family trees, what's the big deal? But here we see the background and how important it is. You know, when you ask someone, you don't always, what is it? You don't always, you know, especially as a pastor, uh, whoever's listening to this, you know, uh, you always want to know their, their background, right? Their, their spiritual background, their, their family line, their family tree, where they come from. Because the background really tells us a lot about their roots, about, well, what has been passed down from generation to generation. And here we see the same thing. And it's an interesting story. And how um, it will uh, remind us the apple does not fall too far from the tree. And also, what? That no one can overcome or subvert or find another way other than the will of God. And we also learn that, um, well, God is gracious, abounding in steadfast love. And, and what he says he will do. He is not a liar. He fulfills his promises. He's not a lip server, uh, uh, but rather he, he serves us. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) And he gets the job done, just as he called it, ironclad stone-cold lock uh, that our Lord, by his word, delivers to us. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So, anyways, without further ado, why don't we start uh, with verse 17. If you have your Bibles out, uh, please follow me. And it says, Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and born Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. Enoch. Now, again, first note, when we talk about the family tree in the Bible, we know that what? That Enoch is not the one that we know of uh, in the Bible, in a sense of who we assume Enoch is. This is a different Enoch, and we'll talk about the other Enoch. But here in this Enoch, uh, it goes from uh, from Adam and Eve to, to Cain. And then to, to Enoch. And again, uh, when we talk about uh, Enoch, uh, we very well know these, these uh, what is it called? Uh, these generations do not just include Enoch, but we assume that uh, Enoch is one of many in that generation, okay? Okay. So it's not just Enoch, but one of many. But here we see that Cain had a wife. She bore a son named Enoch. And then that little blip right there is what? Uh, They made a city, right? We know in Genesis 11, let us build, what is that? The Tower of Babel. The story where God says, disperse yet they did not. They got together, they built a city, let us make a name for ourselves. There they were scattered um, as a consequence, right? Um, Here we see building a city, right? Genesis 4. Now, why is this so uh, important? Because Here we see what? We know the judgment of Cain, and the judgment of Cain is to be what? Cain is to be a wanderer, a nomad, and a Richard Kimball, right? Anyone know Richard Kimball? Starring in Harrison Ford, The Fugitive, (laughs) right? Oh, Tommy Lee Jones... Harrison Ford, Richard Kimball. Anyways, uh, Wanderer, Nomad, Fugitive. This is the, the, the judgment due to the blood that was screaming from the ground, and that is the blood of Abel, the first murder in the Bible. Now, again, uh, God uh, continued to provide him this family, and there they built a city. Now, why would you build a city? Because a city implies residence. Permanence, roots, right? Trying to establish these very things. Now, again, when we talk about uh, Enoch, what is his name? It means uh, initiator or it means dedicate. And the point is, is that here we see that initiation. Um, as Cain is trying to build a city to ward off the judgment, or to somehow um, overcome or, again, uh, uh, find his own way for, um, to, to settle down. And that is settle down in the, in the midst of the unrest that we see from the judgment from God for the first murder. Now, again, Genesis 11, we know the results. Genesis 4, we also know the results, right? This, is, this futile attempt will only end horribly, right? That This is all futile when it is going against the grain of God and his word, right? This is what is happening here. We're trying to build a city. Now, when we think of kingdoms, friends, um, I know I had a plan here how to do this, but I guess it's all kind of going the other way. But when we think of kingdoms in, in this, in this world today, we know that the, 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 the way of man is to do what? It is to build kingdoms, right? It is to build a place, an inhabitants that will provide for us in many which ways in order for the quest to find that residence, that permanence, the roots the settle down, uh, the definition of our purpose in life. Right? Again, when this is the, when we live in this world that is separated from that is dark and separated from God, we very well know that what that this is the, this is the quest of man to find some sort of permanence uh, within this temporal world. Now we know that uh, Cain's attempt for this permanence uh, would be futile and well, for humanity, if our permanence, if our residence, if our building our roots within this temporal existence is our definition of who we are, um, apart from God, can we also be prosperous in the sense of uh, um, without God? And the answer is no, right? The answer is no. But yet in our, in our uh, contemporary society, when we think of kingdoms, uh, you know, we build up that 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 fortress uh, through all the all the uh, supplies, like material uh, or status or pride or or what else? Control. Um, idols I mean we build up this kingdom of for ourselves we make our kingdom as if we're the king we're trying to make this these roots we're trying to settle down we're trying to make the means to which we can establish ourselves in this world because this is all we have according to our human race um, but yet uh, as we are reminded of Cain that uh, that is not to be that is a futile attempt no matter how much we try to build up the walls the barriers the moat the drawbridge the uh, the castle walls of our uh, proverbial kingdom with these very means, and there's plenty more, sorry, I really didn't reach it there, but when we talk about uh, ultimately the world and the flesh, Cain's best laid plans would do nothing, our best laid plans in this temporal world trying to build up our eternal kingdom uh, by these very things, uh, it it will all be for naught, right, right, And therefore, when we talk about ultimately uh, about this building a city, it's not just this kingdom that we're building up, but also the failure to see the one true God. Right. The failure to see in our sin. The one true God. This is what they were doing. We can live without God. That is the crux of the matter here. And this is the reality of sin. I mean, we look at Cain. He should have listened to the Lord's word, but yet he. God. He murdered his brother, and now he's doing it again. He's trying to build a city, living without God. I can establish my roots without God. I can have my residence without God. I can have my permanence without God. I can settle down without God. And that is our plight of the fall into sin. Again, nothing falls too far from the tree, from Adam and Eve to Cain, and now to Enoch, right? So again, this attempt, and I want you to realize this, friends, how, how what's the word, how easy we fall into this kingdom idea that we need to find our roots by our own idols, by our own uh, unholy, triumvirate, me, myself, and I, and, and there we uh, proceed in that pursuit uh, to find this permanent residence and roots into this kingdom, and that's their only choice, right? That was their only option, in a sense of, in the light of judgment of God. This was, this is the only thing they could do. But yet, we very well know that's all for naught, right? Okay. Uh, continuing on here, um, to Enoch, verse eighteen was born. Irad, and Irad fathered uh, Mehuhel and Mehuhael fathered Methushel and uh, Methushel fathered Lamech, right? So what we talk, and thank you for bearing with me with those names. Oh, I totally, okay, so we go, Cain to Enoch, to Irad, to Mehuhael, and then to Methushel. And then to Lamech. I know when you look at family trees or family generations, uh, they're usually in one line. But if you knew me, and I think some of you do, I didn't plan ahead well. <laughs> anyway, so we see one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventh generation. Adam and Eve, Cain, Enoch, Methushel, uh, um, Lamech, right? Seventh generation. Very important. Seventh generation. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, but here we see uh, the family tree being uh, continuing uh, to be uh, shedding forth. And there, in verse 19, Lamech took two wives. Very interesting, in a sense, where this is the first case of what? Shifting from Genesis 2.24, that is the picture of marriage, male and female, to now uh, polygamy, uh, multiple wives. And here we see, again, a manifestation, a microcosm of, of what this life of the fall is all about, right? The failure to see, uh, you know... Um, and again, you know, when we look at uh, the Old Testament, we know um, no one is perfect. Uh, even Abraham had multiple. Um, so, again, um, this is... You know, this is, uh, this is just a reality of a reminder of the fall and how, uh, we are imperfect and how Lamak was that manifestation of that, right? But anyways, uh, we see the continuation in verse 22, 20 to 22, and we see the earliest, uh, pictures of what these Uh, this family line brought to the table, right? So Lamech had two wives, Adah and Zillah, verse 20. Adah bore Jabal. He is the father of those, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock, okay? So very similar to um, Cain, you could say, kind of tiller of soil, you know, livestock and tents. Yeah, his brother's name uh, was uh, Jabal, Jubal and his father of all those who played the lyre and pipe. So this is uh, the advent of music. Zillah also bore Tubal-Cain, who was a forger of all instruments of bronze and iron, right? So again, with metalwork, again, another... Historical account of where this all came from. Again, what this is to remind us of the life of vocation, the life of what God has called us to do. And Lamech's children are a typology or a uh, a reference to not only how things came into the world, uh, but also uh, the life of vocation. And Lamech's children had those vocations as well, from music to metal workers um, to to livestock and tent making. This is uh, this is what uh, uh, they were to do. Now, again. Uh, as we continue on here, verse 23 and 24, it says, Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zelah, hear my voice, your wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have, I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is 77-fold. So Lamech, when we talk about Lamech, we, we very well know that What? Uh, that here he is boasting of a murder. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. The seventh generation. This is that picture of the full circle. This is what, it's almost like a bookend, right? Right? Uh, to this whole family tree, that from Cain to Lamech we see that picture of murder, defiance, and ultimately of sin. Now, the interesting thing about uh, uh, Lamech is this: is that it says right there, uh, "I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold." Now, the 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 alarming thing about this is that God God gave. What he gave Cain uh, this this promise that anyone who would harm him uh, would would be avenged sevenfold. Now, what's alarming about um, Lamech is this: is that what he he is making or he is establishing these very words by his own self, right? And 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 again, that is very uh, tragic in a sense where when we talk about uh, his murder, from Cain to Lamech, uh, both murders, uh, both have done this, we see Lamech very boastful, very, what's the word, very defiant, uh, and even to the point where he is almost trying to speak for God as if he is God, in a sense where, yeah, 77-fold, yeah, just like my great-great-great-great-grandfather, I think I got that right, uh, great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, seventh generation, uh, we very well know that uh, he is doing the same, but now it's him who is speaking, now it is he who is speaking as a little God, and there we see the progression of sin, right? When we look at uh, this family line, right, we we see uh, the progression of this, and as a bookend of this seventh generation, uh, we very well know that, again, the apple does not fall too far from the tree. From Cain uh, to, to Lamech, uh, we very well know this has gone full circle, and it's centered on this reality of sin, unbelief, murder, and defiance. See, the, even in that defiance, even in those his own very words uh, of 77-fold, at the end of the day, Lamech, he dies, right? Seventh generation. Now, when we think of generation, and we think of, and we haven't gone here yet, the line of Seth, which we'll get to next, we know that the seventh generation of Seth is what? The seventh generation of Seth, full circle, is Enoch as well. Now, this is uh, definitely, this is another Enoch. But in this story of Enoch, we very well know, and we all know this, Enoch and Elijah were the only ones that could escape death, and they were taken by the Lord. We see in Genesis 5.24, clearly stating, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Right? We see also in Hebrews 11.5, if you want to turn there real quick. Uh, Hebrews 11.5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Right? This is, this is a, this is again, seventh generation. From Cain to Lamech, we very well know the result is death. Full circle. Full circle, seventh generation of Seth would be Enoch. Who? escapes death and is taken by God and who lives full circle. Now what's so important about this family line from Cain to Lamech, the apple doesn't far too far from the tree from Seth to Enoch seventh generation, but ultimately to who to Jesus Christ, right? This is when we talk about, uh, uh, the family line, this is the family line to which Jesus belongs. Full circle, Enoch lives. Ultimately, Jesus lives. His resurrection. The boastful defiance, the fall into sin, the building up of the city, the plight of this spiritual human condition, turning away from God, uh, the rejection of God, Always results in death Right But life is Life comes As we see in the seventh generation Full circle Completion In the generation at Enoch who lives But ultimately In this family line Those who believe in Jesus Christ As savior of the world As a savior from their sins Those who confess that Jesus is Lord Right By the Holy Spirit of course uh, Of course They are Connected to Christ, they have life in His name, all by what God has done for them. Right. So when we talk about names, Jesus, Matthew one twenty one, He will save people from their sins. Christus, Anointed One, right. And that's what we're going to talk about now. Verse twenty five and twenty six. Hopefully, I I covered all that I wanted. Okay. So, uh, from Luther, Alamic is a is a type of the world by which Moses wishes to show what sort of heart, will, and wisdom the world has. It is as if he were saying, this is the way the seed of the serpent conducts itself. This is the way the children of the world conduct themselves. They amass riches, they pursue pleasures, they strive after power, but while they commit such great sins, they have no feeling of alarm, but they are proud and smug. So when we talk about uh, uh, Lamech, it, it is a, it is a uh, symbol of the... The world. And how they have pursue the pleasures. As they make their own kingdom. As they have the material, the status, the pride, the control. And they are so, at the, at the end of the day, they are so smug. Indifferent. Arrogant. Right? And so into themselves. Carnal flesh. Eye. Eye center. And, and there the result is what? Death. Right? I think uh, from... Herberger, it says, Oh, dear parents, do not blaze a trail of sin for your children. For what the father and mother dare to do, the child soon thinks well done. Again, as as life of parents, whoever's listening to this, if you have children, um, so important it is to teach them the truth of God's word, to be the model of faith. to to be there for them in a sense of being their spiritual leader as the head of household. And I, I can't spurn that enough. Bring them to church. Your children, bring them to church, right? Bring them to church. Guide them in the word. Pray with them. Read the Bible with them, right? Sorry. So important that we... In the faith, model this faith for them, um, so that they too uh, can see uh, that the apple does not fall too far from the tree, and that there is an importance of teaching and instructing. Uh, uh, Ephesians six four right uh, to not exasperate, but instruct them in the word of the Lord, and that is to children uh, from parents. Um, so here we see again uh, full circle what had happened. Now, now we talk about Seth. What's happening here? Verse 25 and 26. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, before I forget, I have to write it down. All right. So, Seth, the appointed one, right? He is appointed. Again, what do we see? Remember, when Cain was born, um, Eve uh, thought, well, yeah, this might be the one of Genesis 3.15 fulfilled. But no, after the tragedy of killing his brother Abel, and now Cain being outcast in the land of Nod, wandering and nomadic he was, and death would be his lot. um, Now we see the hope. The appointed one. Genesis 3.15, right here. Seth, right? This family line, as we just talked about, would lead to Christ. This is the will of God. Now, if we look at the family tree, no one is perfect. Uh, of course, for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God. And we see the family line of Seth. But yet, we also see the grace of God as he work through this family line, ultimately, to get to the incarnation of our Lord. And what a great gift this is. But in this appointing, what happens? What a great joy and hope this is, right? Yeah, what happens? Enosh is born. What does the name Enosh mean? It means the afflicted one. Now what does that mean? I mean, this is the family line of Jesus. Uh, you would assume that all would be good and there would be no affliction. But yet yeah, we see it. And when we talk about, I I think this, and we don't know too much about um, Enosh, right? Uh, But the point is, is that in his name, we are, we have a glimpse of what he faced, that he definitely was the afflicted one, uh, the one who faced uh, trouble and challenges and conflict. And that is an interesting kind of rhythm here, because when we go from Seth the appointed one of this family line, of the new hope, there we see Enosh, the afflicted. Now, again, when we look at Jesus, right, ultimately, when we look at the afflicted, Jesus is our new hope. He is our Savior of the nations. As we get so close to Advent season, we'll sing one of my favorite hymns, the Advent of our King, right? Savior of the nations come, right? And uh, we very well know that uh, when we talk about the afflicted, Jesus is the name, the one who will save us from our sins, but yet as he comes to this world, he is also afflicted. Remember, the slaughter of the holy innocents, right? We we very well know that King Herod thought his throne was being threatened. I got to get rid of Jesus. Let's kill him. Let, let's let's slaughter and kill these uh, tragically these babies, right? And hopefully Jesus will be one of them because I don't want anyone to take my throne. We see Jesus, uh, and of course uh, uh, he escaped this or, or uh, uh, by the um, uh, by the command of of our Lord, but but. The point is, is that uh, even in his life, what 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 did Jesus face? He faced the temptation of the devil, right? Uh, 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 Jesus faced many afflictions. He hungered and thirsted in that in that wilderness, right? He he faced sorrow. Uh, he wept uh, uh, with. Uh, Lazarus' his sisters um, as they were weeping and, and saying, well, if he had come earlier, our, our brother would not have died, right? Uh, Jesus was being plotted against. Uh, they were trying to stone him. Um, I mean, so many which ways he was afflicted, right? But yet, ultimately, that afflicted would be the crown of thorns, his suffering upon the cross, the great humiliation of his death, of his death upon that being lifted high upon the tree. Right? But yet... What happens? By his resurrection, we very well know there is life. There is the seal. There is the complete work. We do not follow a dead Jesus. We follow the risen one. And through the resurrection of who he is, we have the the seal and and, and certainty that our sins are forgiven. Our, Our blood, by his blood, our sins are washed away. And there we have our hope. Now, When we speak of the Christian life, friends, we enter into the apocalyptic battle. We see a life of joy, right? I'm reconciled with God. You're reconciled with God. We are with God all by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But yet at the same time, as we live in this world, we are not of this world. But yet as we live in this world, we see the battle that is at hand. Right? This is the spiritual reality uh, of our life of faith, that we see the flaming darts and the arrows of the devil and every temptation of the flesh world and the evil foe himself. Right? This is a battle that we've never seen before, uh, but rather in this life of faith, uh, when we talk about um, um, the battles that, ensue to us in this victorious and triumphant life that God has already given to us, that devil never stops. And that's the battle that we face, that we at times are afflicted, that we at times face, because of the fall, we face that suffering. But friends, in this suffering, read Christ and Calamity by Dr. St. we very well know that in our suffering, he has a great text on this. Read that book, Christ and Calamity by Dr. St. Uh, Harold St. And here we see that In our suffering, in this life of faith, we are connected to Christ's suffering, right? All by this very gospel, all by the sacraments, all by what God has given to us in his name. And there we, in our affliction, are connected to the victorious work of Christ's death and resurrection. For the forgiveness of our sins. That though we face suffering, Jesus bore that suffering upon the cross and has given us life in his name. See, this is the Christian life, right? Friends, I can't promise you that everything will be peachy keen. Is that what they say? Or everything will be perfect in your life. I can't guarantee a prosperity gospel to you this day, and I will never do that, by the way. Mm -mm. (laughs) But the point is, you do have prosperity. Wait, did I just say that? You do. And your prosperity is what? That in the midst of your suffering, God lavishes you with the riches of his grace. And that is his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. This is the hope that we have. Through the whole family line of Seth, there would be Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world and faced the greatest affliction. But in that affliction, what did he do? He he bore our sin, the weight of sin. And there he shed his blood for you. I'm not just talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus for each and every one of you. That in his affliction, what did he do? He died and rose. And he, 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 he cleanses your conscience. He, he reconciles you, oneness with God, right? He, he, he gives you life in his name that is eternal. And here we see that the battle has been won. And this is the Christian life, right? There is suffering, friends. But the suffering Christ has mended your wounds, has given you the remedy, the salve that is of eternity. And you are with him as you endure in this one true faith. I want you to remember that, right? I know uh, you might be going through something right now that is very overwhelming internally, externally, whatever it may be, physically, spiritually. uh, 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 But the fact is, when we see the afflicted, we always look to Christ, the one who was afflicted for us, who bore our sorrows, who bore our griefs, who bore every iniquity and transgression. And though we like sheep have turned away all to our own way, the Lord laid on him, the Christ, the iniquity of us all. Right? And this is the picture of hope of the family line. Enoch, the one who would escape death, be taken from God or taken to God, right? And ultimately, in this family line, Jesus, the one who died and saved us from our sin. At the end of the day, what's the ending there? In verse twenty-six, at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Right. This is the name. It's all in the name. The nombre, right? El nombre, anoma, idum in Korean. Oh man. I wish I was better at Korean, right? Anyways, but we see right here, this is what they began to do. This is that form of worship, right? Calling upon the name of the Lord. Again, a a foretaste of what is to come in what? Palm Sunday. What? Triumphal entry, right? The cloaks on the ground, the palms in the air, the palm fronds, uh, the victorious king coming, uh, blessed is he, right? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. which means save us now, right? Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh, blessed Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Name of the Lord, as they began to call him here. And that is the name. Because it is the name from Seth to Enoch and all the way down to Jesus. That there we see the line to which our Lord would give us life. That he is the one true God, the name above all names, who has given us his grace, his mercy. Who rescues us uh, from the doldrums of darkness into his marvelous light. And who forgives us of all our sins, all by that very name of the Lord. And and, and this this is what we see. We see the difference, right? From Cain to this family line who called on their own name. From Seth and his family line, there we see the picture of calling on the name of the Lord. First commandment stuff all the time. First commandment stuff all the time, right? Jesus all the time versus me. Jesus versus my carnal flesh, right? Jesus versus my idolatry, right? This, this, is, this is how our, um, this is that spiritual tension that we face in our lives. And, and Cain is a reminder of, and Lamech is a reminder of that world. Seth is a reminder of uh, how, uh, well, Jesus would come into this world, taking upon this flesh and dying for the sins of the world. It's all in the name. And they began to call upon his name, the name of the Lord. So remember that this day. Really hopeful text here. That God does does not ignore his plans, but rather he fulfills it. And this is the appointed one. Seth to Enosh to all the way to Jesus. This is in the midst of affliction. There is hope. And that is the anointed one, Jesus Christ, who, well, takes upon and overcomes the world for you. So remember that this day. All right, that's a lot of stuff. I got to take my daughter to school. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this time. Lord, bless us in your word, knowing full well that in faith we call upon the name of the Lord, the makers of the heaven and the earth, that you are the watchman day and night, that you never slumber nor sleep, but you uh, watch us coming uh, in and going out now and forevermore. Lord, bless us this day uh, as we rejoice in your promises, knowing that in our baptismal life, Lord, you have covered us by this name, that by your name we are redeemed and rescued from sin and death and the power of the devil. Bless us this day that even in our greatest afflictions, there, O Lord, by your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who is afflicted for us on that very cross, has overcome all things for each and every one of us. Bless us, O Lord, in this faith, in the joy of what you bring in your redemption. And Lord, grant us courage and endurance as we live as your saints in this one true faith. Lord, for all these things we are thankful, we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, gotta go. Until next time, love you all, praying for you all. Join us this Sunday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for our live service here at Faith Lutheran Church, our last Sunday of the church here. Wake, stay awake, wake awake, right? Uh, the night is flying, and what a great sermon it will be, or what a great text it will be, Lord willing. Uh, the Lord will do his job uh, greatly here for you um, on Sunday with that very word. I know he will, uh, but until then... Love you all. Praying for you all. Have a wonderful weekend. And until next time, this is Pastor Jung here, Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California, 93021. God bless you. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.